This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. I said the Lord is good. Amen. How good is He? He's amazing. He is so good that he, in his infinite goodness and grace, allowed seven people to give, hold on, hold on, give their life to Jesus in the second service Sunday, 23 in the third service Sunday, and 10 more Sunday night at the New Tacoa campus. Come on. That's 40 people, and then many more on the other campuses. Come on. There's rejoicing in heaven. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And uh, and then afterwards, when you you know when you move heaven, the enemy likes to show up. Come on, amen. And uh, we are so thankful, though, that God in His grace and goodness has given us the ability to share this gospel in this hour. What, what are we talking about right now on Sundays? Following who? Jesus. How close are you following? How close are you following? And the closeness that God has for you. Now, I I am in awe of the goodness of the Holy Spirit. He's good to us. Is he good all the way back there? Malachi, is he good back there by the door? Okay. Is he good up there? All right. He's good? I, because some of you, I started to call today and say, would you please, and maybe you don't normally come on Wednesday night, would you please be here? I felt that the Lord specifically gave me a word, and I'm glad I didn't call you because now you can blame it on the Holy Ghost. But I want to talk to you tonight about some things that, that I lead my life by. And if you're going to follow, one of the neatest things about following Jesus is it helps you know which way to go. But even then, we talked about that a little bit on Sunday night, of wouldn't it be nice if God gave us a light and went green, yellow, and red? But how many of you know that most of us would be trying to squeeze that yellow light all the way as fast as we could? Come on now. And so we talked about that a little bit. But we've got decisions to make in life, and I, I've had to make some decisions this week, and, and, and in their predominantly response decisions, and my response decisions, I had to ask this question, how do I follow Jesus in this decision? And if I'm going to follow Jesus, then these are some things that I really feel like decisions that we're going to have to make. God's given us some promises from his word, and I want to get into those. Let's bow our heads briefly tonight. Father, I thank you for your goodness, for your mercy, for your spirit. And I ask you, Lord, that you, in in your infinite power, who ordained everyone to be in this room, that, Lord, you'll let me get out of the way, and you, in this time, that you will speak to them. May my words pass and your words be heard. Father, thank you what you're going to do now. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 
and amen. One of my favorite scriptures that I quote is James chapter 1 because I'm in need of this in verse number 5. It says, if anyone lacks in the King James, but I love the way it says in the New Living, it says, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. Isn't that awesome? God says, if you don't know what to do, ask me. And I'm not going to criticize you for asking. I'm not going to beat you up for asking me what to do. I'm going to tell you what to do. And I'm going to be grateful that you asked. How many times have you ever looked at someone and you said, why did you not ask me? And I feel like God is in many ways saying, if you need guidance, I've given it to you. But it would be easier if Isaiah 30 and 21 were more prevalent in our lives. Here's what it says. It says, your own ears will hear him. Right behind you, a voice will say, go this way. How many of you would like that to happen in your life? (laughs) Make sure it's God. Because if you lead your whole life just saying, I hear a voice. Let me rephrase it. Keep it to yourself. (laughs) But make sure it's God that's speaking to you. Make sure that it's the Lord. But it would be so much easier in life if I could just always hear him. But here's the problem. The Lord, it was amazing. The Lord spoke to me before the third service Sunday. And he said that number 23. And I was like, no, no, that's not you. And then 23 people responded to the call. See, I fear that I'm not the only one in the room who argues with God more than they listen. Okay, I was waiting for a few amens. I think think we all struggle. God wants us to obey him, but when his his word doesn't, doesn't match up where we want to go, there's been so many times people have come to me and said, Pastor, what do you think I should do? And I tell them what they should do. And they say, well, I disagree with you and I'm going to do this. And I say, why did you waste my time? Why did you even ask if you had already made up your mind? And I think that we get our minds made up. I'll never forget one evening. I was talking with someone, and God has worked through their situation, and and God has been good. But God told me a word to give them. And I gave them a word, and I said, on this day, at this time, this occurred to you. And they went pale. And they said, we told no one. We told no one that had occurred to us. How do you know? I said, God just told me. And they said, that's amazing. And I said, well, he told me, and then he told me to tell you that the fact that I could tell you what was done in secret was evidence that what I'm about to say to you is also from him. They said, tell me, Pastor, that's amazing. And I said, God said, you're not supposed to do what you're about to do. And they went, oh, no, 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 that's not God. And I said, how come this is God and that's not God? 
You see, we really, 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 really want to know which way to go in our lives, but we don't know which way to go because we're fighting the greatest enemy of most of our progress, and that's called self. And so for me, there's some rules. And I talk about this rule all the time. And the bad thing is, my kids know I talk about it. And so we're flying last month, and I go into the airport restroom, and it's messy. And I can literally see Charlie standing there at the sink going, is dad going to leave it better than he found it? my rule and I, I mean I saw it in his eyes he's kind of watching and I went oh god this is gross <laughs> but I would rather live by my principle than not and have to not be who I'm trying to be so I did some tidying up Maybe not as much as I normally would. Because I heard the word COVID in my head. Come on now, man. And so I just cleaned a little bit and 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 that wasn't God. But I I tidied up and I saw him say, You left it better than you found it. You see, some decisions can be pre-made. I feel the Holy Spirit in what I'm about to say to you. Most of the time, you're reacting to life, but if you would prepare for life, you would end up in a better place. Pastor Don, where's that guy that was running around here like a wild man Sunday? I'm right here. But I'm teaching you something right this moment. If you would prepare, you wouldn't have to react as much. And you would be more equipped to make the right decision because you have prepared for the decision. When I'm going down the road and I have prepared better snacks for the car, I do better when I'm walking out of the gas station and those little Debbies call my name. Because I have something already. Now these are some decisions I want you to prepare your life with. The first decision that you're going to have to make in your life and you need to make now is this. It's called the responsible decision. The responsible. Say that with me. The what? Responsible Responsible decision. Galatians chapter 6, verse number 5 reads like this. For we are each responsible for our own conduct. It's time we stop saying the devil made me do it. We're all responsible for what we do ourselves. Can I get an amen for that? There may be circumstances that press us. There may be things that know how to push our button, but ultimately we are all responsible. I love the words of one of our former presidents. He said this, if decisions are choices and our thinking dictates our decisions, then we are where we are because of our thinking. We're right where we are because of the way that we process things in our lives. The decisions that I've made have put me where I am. 
And I must begin to make a responsible decision. And to make the responsible decision means that I decide this truth. I want you to get this. That I decide that the buck stops here. I stop blaming everyone else. I stop that. I accept responsibility for my past. That's just how it is. I can't change it. I wish I had never done it. But that is in my past. Can I just tell you, my great joy as a pastor is winning souls. My second great joy is helping believers come to know that what you did yesterday does not destroy what God wants to do in you today and tomorrow. But until you accept, I can't change that. And no matter how much I worry about it and how ashamed I am of it, the reality is I did it. It's over. It's through. We've gone through it. Now I'm moving forward. That simple. That plain. Here's the truth. I'm responsible. I'm responsible for my own future. I'm responsible. People will say things to me. Well, nobody will give me this opportunity or no one will do that. And I say to them, look, what you have to accept is personal responsibility. And as you start positioning yourself to move forward. I didn't mean to stop right there, but it was like the Holy Ghost went, amen. (laughs) When you position yourself in this walk. What do you need to realize? You did it, and it needs to be behind you, and so you begin to leave it behind you so that now you can position yourself for a better future. Accept responsibility. I will not let my history control my destiny. I will stop blaming others and outside circumstances for where I am in my life. I got a half of you with me. Come on, Pastor Don, tell us a story. We love when you tell stories. I'm not telling stories yet. I'm dealing with us. We have to make up our mind. Stop blaming the world. You're right. It is not your fault they did what they did to you. But it is you that is allowing what they did to you yesterday to keep destroying your today. People say to me, I don't want to serve God. You don't know how mean people have been to me in church. I look at them and say, oh, I don't have a clue. I was a pastor's kid. I had them throw me in corners and abuse me physically because they wanted my dad to get messages. I know exactly what church pain can be. But you see, I made up my mind. I wasn't going to allow the pain of what people did to me to distract from the goodness of what God had done for me. And I kept my eyes on Jesus. And I kept walking toward the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Sorry, I just feel it tonight. I'm not sorry. You see, most common places people cast blame is this. Are you ready for the taking notes? Ready for this? People blame their parents. My kids blame me for stuff I don't even remember ever happening. I'm like, I never took you there. Yeah, you did. I'm like, okay. (laughs) People blame their spouses. 
People look around and they think, well, if I didn't have you, you can't make people happy. Those with somebody are going, if I didn't have them, those without somebody are going, if I had somebody. The truth is, start being somebody that God can use in whatever circumstance you're in. People blame their employees. People blame their bosses. Not one of my employees said, amen, I'm happy. Come on now, amen. (laughs) People blame their education. And people blame their genetics. You've heard me say it so many times. Generationally, I am supposed to be addicted and broken. Generationally, my family are still supposed to be sharecroppers. But God did something because two people made up their mind, we're not going to let where we came from destroy where we're going to create for our family in the future. And they didn't create it. They let God create it. If your, my goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost. If your family was horrible with money, stop accepting being horrible with money and realize what mistakes they made and grow up and start learning how to be better. Am I preaching truth? Am I being mean? Yeah, I heard a yeah. (laughs) Okay. I'm trying. I'm working on it. Thank you for your honesty. It's in the past. Let's put it behind us. Move on. <laughs> if, you, if you continue to blame these uncontrollable forces or the preacher for your present condition, you'll forever be caught in a web of your past. You see, don't allow history to dictate your destiny. It is true that what has happened may have been unfair and totally beyond your control. But it is your choices that have brought you to the point you are currently in. And if that place is unhappy, listen to what I'm about to say to you, then you have to realize that you have chosen to deal with your situation in a way that has brought you to this place. So now we're going to have to change how we handle things. Your decisions determine who you are mentally, physically, spiritually, emotionally, and financially. That determines who you are. Your decisions are the product of your thoughts. So in order to move forward, you must change the way you think. Our thoughts must become constructive and no longer destructive. What do I need to do instead of what am I going to do? There's a big difference. And I feel God. What am I going to do says, this is what has happened. But what I need to do tells me where I'm trying to go. I need to make shifts. I need to make change. I need to begin to do this. And it's as simple as that. You're going, Pastor Don, there's no way these things work. I'm telling you, this 
is a predecision that can help change your life. It will stop you from saying, what about this and what about that? And it will change you to saying, this is what I'm going to do. Um, let me just be a preacher for a moment. I'm going to start crying all night because i got to get up early. And what I'm going to do and I need to do is pray about it for a little while. I'm going to get up and I'm going to talk to my father about it. And I'm going to watch him change it. Oh, you think that'll work? <laughs> yeah, I do. You see, God's working in us. Our thoughts must be forward. I've got to stop dwelling on the past and start dwelling on the future. Our thoughts and must be influenced by individuals who are where we want to be in life. I think this is so important. I will resist advice from those who've taken the easy way out. The worst Marriage advice that someone came to me and was seeking counsel, they said to me, the worst thing I heard, I've ever heard, they said, should I go to this counselor? And I said, well, why are you asking me? And they said, well, I'm a little concerned. I said, why? They said, this counselor's been divorced seven times. And I said, you're going to them to ask them how to fix your marriage? Well, when you get done seeing them, come and I'll tell you how to work out in the gym. Come on now, amen. <laughs> Take two Twinkies with you when you go. <laughs> come on. <laughs> I know that sounds funny. <laughs> but it's that ridiculous. You have no business asking your broke, busted buddies how you can get better. What do you think I should do? I'll hold it for you. <laughs> Find somebody who's where you want to be. Walk with them. Talk with them. Pastors will come to me. And they'll say, well, how do I get this opportunity? Or preachers will. And how do I get this opportunity, this opportunity? I said, go line yourself up with people. Help them walk with them and talk with them. Be around them. Go to the ones who are where you want to be. Get around them. Watch God change your life. And they go, well, pastor, what if they don't want me around? And I'm like, well, who do you want to be around? And they say, and to me, they'll say, you. And so, well, you drive. I need somebody. I'm thankful for the men that have ridden with me through the years. What God's done in their life. Many times they'll show up and I'll say, so-and-so's going with us. They're going to be a help. They're going to be a part. Because what they're doing is watching and growing. You see, you're going to have to change. Am I making sense tonight? Y'all taking anybody taking any notes at all? Okay. My wife is, praise God. She's going to be like, remember what you said? <laughs> Our thoughts must be determined that you're going to figure this out. You're going to find your way. You're going to do the right thing. Proud of you. God's up to good things. 
We're going to figure this out. May I tell you a story? Finally. One of the crazes that was happening in the early 1900s in the United States um, was it was a sign of great wealth, and in, in, in Europe, but it was a sign of, of the greatest of wealth. If you not only had an estate, but on that estate, you had a menagerie of animals in your own private zoo. And so these estates all over uh, uh, both continents that were, were great, great in size and, 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 and opulence, all were building these zoos. And the thing was, everybody had this kind of animal, and, you know, zebras weren't that hard to get, and, you know, lots of... They actually had to create laws in the 1920s that it was illegal to take a lion into a movie theater. They were everywhere. But in the 1920s, because of this craze, one of the wealthiest men in the world decided that he wanted the animal that no one else had. And so he went to a far region of the African continent, and and he goes to where there's an antelope that is so fast, no one can catch it. No one has ever snared one. The only way you were to take this animal was to shoot it, and and then, of course, it would not be in your zoo. It was dead. And so there were many on the walls of manors, but none in the zoos. He arrived, and the locals laughed and said, you will never have a single one of those antelopes. You will never have any. And he looked back at them and said, you're right, I will not have a single one. I will have all that I want. And they laughed at him. He paid them to take him to where those antelopes lived. He went out into the center of that region and dumped a massive amount of corn onto the ground. As he dumped that corn onto the ground, he walked away. The next morning he came back and the corn was gone. He refilled that and for a few weeks, every night, every day, the same thing occurred. He filled that spot with corn. But after about three weeks, he put one post in the ground. After that post, every morning when he would refill the corn, he would add another post or another fence rail. So finally, after six and a half weeks, he had created a spot that was very narrow and the antelope were squeezing through as a herd that narrow spot. And he then would come in the dark of night and slide the final board into place. And he had an entire herd. You see, they asked him how he knew he could capture all of those animals. And this is what he said. He said, I assumed that the antelope were just like people. They will trade their freedom for what they want. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. When you live a life of blame, you trade your freedom away. Truth. If it's everyone else's fault that you are where you are, 
you're in more bondage. No. See, by making the decision that you will be personally responsible, you will be guided to make the right decisions based upon the honest desire to serve God with your life and give him your best. When you make up your mind, look, I could blame the world. I'll never forget a morning in my life. It was an early morning. It was a church day. My dad needed to rush and go and prepare for the church service. And where we were living there, there was an office building. And and dad was part of his job was to take care of that office building. And 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 something had had shattered the windows of that that church's state offices that evening, and 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 he he commissioned my brother and I to stand there while to make sure no one you know came in, and 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 while he went to get the things to board that up, and and to, and we were standing there, and and the state overseer of that group came into the the building, and we were, we were just talking with him, and he made a statement that morning that I mean I was just a young 10, 11 years old. And he made a statement that has always, always stuck with me. He said this. He said, if it is to be, it's up to me. If it is to be, it's really up to me. That I can stop looking to everyone else and I get a relationship with God like never before. And then he begins to move in my life. And so I'm not always waiting and wondering. Somebody said to me, Pastor, if I, if I want to do this, then I've got to call all these people and I need to send out all these letters and, I, I, and, and then I've got to you know, tell all these churches that I'm available to them. And I said, I said, no, 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 no. If you have to do any of that, then you're not called. I said, what do you mean? I said, if God truly is with you, you prepare yourself. It blows my mind. It blows my mind. I called Wayne the other day, Pastor Wayne. I called him and, and I said, I need you to go cover somewhere. And he said, well, God just gave me a message this morning. God gives you. Then he opens the door. Your job is to prepare your own heart. To follow Jesus yourself. Stop blaming. Am I, am I making sense? Stop telling everybody else. You know, if they would do this and they would do that and, and if she would let, and if he would, no, 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 no. With you, I can do all things. You see, then you will find that your circumstance will have changed by changing the way you're thinking. Really all comes down to it. You're going to have to make the decision. You're going to have to take responsibility. You're going to have to begin to walk. Now, as I I look at the time tonight and realize that I just made it through point one of a seven-point sermon, I'm reluctant to move forward. There's an illustration I've shared with you that just from my own life that came to mind. 
I made the statement one day, and it was a foolish statement. I said, I don't need anybody else. And I was speaking from pain. Because we all need each other. But I remember a season in my life that I was going through a great deal of pain. And, and somewhere just hovering around me was the opportunity to, to begin to bury myself in blame. Blame everybody else. I mean, that's, that's, that's just fun, you know. I asked a pastor friend one time in the middle of a crisis, I asked him to come see me, and, and, I, I, and I just, I was just going to just, you know, just, I don't, somebody did the same thing to me the other day, and, and, and I was just going to vomit my whole problems all over him, you know, and uh, he said, before you go any further, can I ask you a question? And I, I said, yeah, thinking I brought you over here to listen. He said, before you go any further, I need to ask you, is this an attack or is this a rebuke? Could you, could you explain what you just said to me? He said, well, well, is this from the devil or is, did you buy this yourself? <laughs> Drink your coffee. We're done. Come on out, man. <laughs> oh, you're, you're supposed to be leaving here going, man, that was poor guy. I thought of the most spiritual thing I could say. A little both. <laughs> because if it's always everybody else's fault, odds are you're not honest. And I had to look and say, what have I done wrong? So during that time, I, I was still hurting and, and I was mad at myself and I was mad at him and the other people. And I remember saying, well, I don't care. That was so sad story, but I don't care what happens. At least I have my closest friend and my dog loves me, I know. Friend walked into my office and said, I'm out of here. My dog died. And I was like, I'm in them about words. I mean, did you not give me that? And then I realized what he had given me. Was I didn't need the comforts that I could bring around me. And I started going to my car and I'd play this one worship song and the scripture over and over and over again every time I would get to blaming others and get my heart right with him. And I'd come out and do what I could to fix. I couldn't change what they had done, but I could change what I had done. I came out of that a better person. And a better pastor, stronger man, and a better husband and a better father, more than anything, a better child of God. And it really what I had to hear was, whose fault is it? And I realized, well, both. 
but all I can do is be responsible myself. Why don't you stand with me tonight, if you would? Well, let's bow our heads. I'm not going to do this for me because it sounds like it's going to be for me, but I'm going to do this actually. Uh, I really, really want you to be between you and God. But if you're here tonight and you'd say, Pastor, I needed this because there's some areas of my life that I need to take responsibility for. Can I see your hand if that's you? 80% of this crowd. Oh God. You in heaven in all of your infinite power. Why is that word just come out three or four times and that there is nothing that my God can't do. You can heal every scar. You can heal every wound. There is no door that the past can shut that you can't open. That we choose to be determined tonight that we're not going to let anybody else control our future from our past pain anymore. You will be a good husband. You will be a good wife. You will be a good mother. You will be a good father. You will not repeat many of the things that you have worried you might carry over. It will be broken when you make the pre-decision, the planned decision, that you will not allow the past to dictate who you are. I literally feel the heavens opening doors for ministry. I feel God moving things out of the way. Because you make up your mind. This is what just leapt in my heart. As for me and my house, here's what we're going to do. No matter what has happened and what will happen, we will serve the Lord. Thank you, Father, for your favor, your goodness, and your kindness. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, amen and amen. How many love Jesus tonight? Any good to us? That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 8.15, 9.30, and 11 a.m., where you will find real love now.